0: Hello and welcome to the RadPod, Radiant Logic's podcast series. I'm Holly Solari with Radiant Logic, and today I'm bringing you our latest episode. That will cover the highlights of IT Innovators' first ever Cybersecurity Impact Award and announce that Radiant Logic was chosen as the winner for 2022. In this episode, we'll listen to a conversation between Ken Jockums, Radiant Logic's Senior Director of Product Marketing, and John Horn, Director of the Cybersecurity Practice at the IT Novarica Group, as they discuss the awards' background, purpose, and selection criteria. Enjoy and stay tuned for more episodes to come.
1: Hi, I'm Ken Jockums, Senior Director of Product Marketing at Radiant Logic, and I'm happy to have John Horn. Director of the Cybersecurity Practice at the ite Navarka Group with me for this podcast discussing ITA Navarica's Inaugural Cybersecurity Impact Award and I'm honored that Radiant Logic was chosen the winner right out of the gate. First off, John, thanks for taking the time to provide some background on ite Navarica's Cybersecurity Impact Award. So this new award program you guys have created, cybersecurity is obviously not a new field. Why did you decide to create this award program now? Thanks, Ken, and thanks for having me today. It simply became kind of the right
0: time. I mean, there's so much going on in the cybersecurity market right now. And the primary group we serve at our analyst research practice are chief information security officers at banks, credit unions, insurance firms, other financial service firms. And these men and women have a lot on their hands to figure out. So with all the different solutions in the market right now, we thought it was time to, to elevate a set of solutions they were particularly innovative, but also particularly had, you know, real practical lift for the chief information security officer or the CISO. So a lot of it was wired towards serving our CISOs in kind of a new way by elevating what we thought were some best in class um, solutions. And, and another process, right, we become sharper in my practice to stay what, what, what we think on is on top of innovation and where these trends. So it serves us as well.
1: Okay, great. Yeah, I think it's, it's a great track to go after the CISO side of it. So, since you you know you guys have obviously been working this a long time, and from the, who's judging this? Is it just the folks at IT Navarca, or who did you bring in to make this decision about the award?
0: Yeah, great question, Ken. So, it, it, there were seven judges. Two of them were from uh, my practice, myself and Tari Schreider from our cybersecurity practice. Five of the seven, or clearly the majority, came from outside our firm. Uh, of those five, four of the five are security thought leaders and practitioners and financial services. So they are users and decision people with respect to this kind of technology. The fifth person that was external to us is also was a press is a press member who writes for a leading cybersecurity publication. So we keep the identities of these five judges anonymous for a couple of reasons, one of which so they can kind of assess um, their own views on the solutions without the bias of their current role or even their current employer. So we added five external judges to Tari and I, and that's how we came to Judges Solutions.
1: Yeah, it's really good. You have a, a wide range of industry experts. It's kind of nice to get different perspectives from, well, from journalists, from you guys, and and the, and the folks actually as practitioners. So can you tell me a little bit more about the criteria for a, the best enterprise security solution for employee and end party access category, uh, about the types of solutions that fit into this category of other, other vendors that were there and I guess lastly, I hope the award's big enough, that little piece of glass to hold that huge title. Yeah,
0: thanks. So so that's a large best enterprise security solution for employee and nth party access. That's a mouthful just in itself, right? But it's meant to to, to think through the kinds of solutions a Chief Information Security Officer would use to modernize their enterprise for employees, consultants, all the kind of people we would consider in the workforce category. And then also nth party, which is our way of describing third party access the third party brings their own third parties, which are the fourth party. Eventually, that extends to what we would call nth party. But so the the solution set is kind of varied, and so we had we had different kinds of uh, security vendors that would submit as candidates, and they were all kind of vetted through five overall criteria. It was It was innovation, not surprisingly, for this kind of award. Innovation, though, really meant uh, solving a problem. Through technology and a different way of thinking about the problem, uh, and a historic problem. That was the second. The second criteria is what is the market need? What is the problem being addressed? And you know, and the weight of that problem. C- certain problems in the market are are more important, are more fundamental, maybe than others. So innovation was the first area. Uh, market need or the kind of problem being addressed. The third was how was the solution deployed, and how how much interruption was generated by introducing the solution to a financial institution's ecosystem. I mean, was, was it, it was it plug and play. Does everything have to be shaken down and, and the whole business stops for, for a month that's being a little extreme, right? But just yeah. everything in between, how, how difficult is it to implement? What is it, what do those characteristics look like was number three. The fourth was return on investment and, and ROI. And, and it's very interesting actually how security products, how the ROI gets expressed. It's it's not always uh, how a business person thinks about it, but it always has to translate into business reality. So, how the ROI for the solution had been articulated, and then finally the the commitment to the future is the is the solution on the road to being something durable or long lasting. Right? Was and the way we assessed that was the solution roadmap and what was committed to in the market uh, by the uh, by the security provider in question. But it's those five things: innovation market need or problem addressed, how the solution was deployed, return on investment and roadmap. And the the crux of all that is, what's the intersection between innovation and practical value? We are actually very practical. I'm a very practical person. We love innovation, but perhaps not innovation just for the sake of innovation. It has to solve a practical problem. So our, our criteria and how we weighted the different questions and responses we're very motivated to get that that intersection on the Venn diagram between innovation really provide transformative value at the financial
1: services institution okay great so I mean radiant logic is is sort of an interesting space I mean there's an exact category for what we do or sort of that middle middleware if you will between identity providing kinds of solutions um, and hosting and and uh, storage areas and then the consumer side of it so can you go into a little bit more about, I mean, did you look at companies that, that did uh, identity access management, governance, and maybe endpoint security, just to throw out some kind of areas that you were looking at, including what we, what we do at Radiant?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Radiant Logic is different, for sure. And uh, it uh, judges differently. It just, it doesn't fit in one box, perhaps. And we, we, we had submissions. Again, we, did, we let uh, vendors and security providers know about the award. But uh, we had submissions that were, I would say, more in the category of identity access management and multi-factor authentication for the workforce, for third parties, okay. and kind of broaching into customer a little bit. We also had uh, security providers that, that put in solutions for, um, for more third-party risk. There's some really great work going on in terms of managing third-party risk, third-party users, and even non-humans, like, like effective bots or positive bots against an enterprise um, so we had different categories of solutions and, and it was a little bit of a challenge to uh normalize these but our 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 weighting criteria uh proved pretty effective and i'll and i'll share that i think when i look across the seven judges again i was only one of the seven but when i look across the seven judges and how they scored a uh, radiant solution i i really think the key came to be around uh, practical usefulness and the the e- effect on the CISO side, and so when I you know when I say that I, what I mean is that some solutions were extremely helpful um, for how the workforce you know dynamic, uh, remote forever right virtual workforce a digital yep. workforce that we have really effective for that really strong solutions that I would recommend to any any financial institution or. Financial service firm. Other solutions were really wired toward third-party risk, and and great solutions, things really cool ideas that have found the market that are a super uh, super helpful for the chief for information risk professional at the institution. But when you look at what Radiant does, it was actually when I look at the scoring, it reflects that value to help workforce, like the, the CISOs is able to lift and modernize their workforce, you know, leverage tech debt without having to get rid of it. Uh, it's able to lift third-party risk and, of course, even wasn't part of the evaluation, but even had a nudge, a good one, toward customer-based identity. So I, I think at the, like we say this a lot, at the end of the day, what I saw in the scoring was this Radiant-Led Logic's identity fabric had the effect of so many places where it could produce lift and speed for the CISO and the business that that ultimately um, lifted its practical practicalness at the institution's value than the other other providers
1: yeah it's really gratifying that you say that i mean we're always a little bit sort of in the shadow a bit of some of these other applications that are much more customer-facing so it's great we were selected for this award it it also goes along with the what we just heard from nist and their guidelines about how to define a zero-trust architecture especially the way they defined how radiant logic could be used to provide a foundation for identity to enable organizations to interoperate on-prem legacy cloud hybrid just how important is it that identity consuming apps have transparent access to all available identity data regardless of where or how it's maintained yeah, i i
0: think it's just crucial i you know as, a, as an analyst in the market and a proponent of identity for a couple of decades i just don't think you can pull off zero trust or what we would call what modern people might call continuous adaptive authorization and and, and, and risk assessment I don't think you can do that well without identity. So so I love the NIST work, and identity; it's great you guys are involved in that. And I think many in the market are coming to that realization that they could buy, and it's not only identity, right? There's other aspects that are important, authorization services and, and all these, these decisioning, policy enforcement points, but without um, trusted, simplified, and authoritative identity, those solutions are all going to be um, good, not great, um, and perhaps some days not even good. So whether it's traditional web or mobile uh, channels or, or the API based uh, ecosystems for a financial services business, zero trust uh, at its heart is is solid. Identity as an enabler for the kind of security that uh, that NIST and other other uh, leaders in the market are calling for. So yeah, identity is just crucial.
1: Great. well, thanks for helping provide some background on on your your award and 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 your focus to it. So, I know you guys are going to be announcing uh, these awards over a couple of days session in uh, September at your Financial Crime Forum. And I hope to see you there as well, John. Uh, and that's what the Cyber Defense CISO Forum you're hosting from the 18th to the 20th. You want to talk a little bit about that and maybe let folks who are listening to this get an understanding of how they can attend or participate?
0: Yeah, thanks, Ken. Um, so, yeah, we're 34 days, I think, from our big event in Charlotte, North Carolina, mid September. Uh, like you mentioned there's there's kind of two events that that dovetail to each other one is the financial crime forum it's in its fifth year running september 18th and 19th it's it's really for fraud and financial crimes of fraud and anti-money laundering uh professionals um the the, there's an opening event on the 18th and a full day of uh, multi-track sessions the 19th brian krebs is actually doing the closing keynote and we're doing a dinner with him uh, that night. And then the next day is the cyber defense CISO forum, which I'm leading. And it's really wired toward the enterprise risk. It's really wired toward the chief information security officer and other risk professionals. We've got three really cool panels. One's on zero trust that you guys are involved in ones around data and cyber data for the CISO. And one, one of them is on kind of a cool topic around how cybersecurity and fraud data and tooling can converge together. Within a financial institution, so those teams and that data and their tooling coming together. That's a that's a half day event on uh, September 20th, and and if you'd like to uh, find out more about it, you can either email me, uh, we can we can provide that, or hit me up on LinkedIn and I can send you the registration link. There is still time actually to, to find a seat at this event. There's not a lot of seats left, but there's some time to find a seat. And uh, again, in Charlotte. North Carolina, there's no virtual or, or uh, remote access. It's all in person, and we're just super excited for all the great discussions and teamwork and collaboration when we get smart people together to talk about cybersecurity.
1: Great, thanks. It's, it'll it's uh be great to get back in person again with these kinds of these kinds of events. So thanks, John, for your time today. Thanks to the folks listening as well. And for additional information about the Cyber Defense CISO Forum, please visit itay navaricacom You can also learn more about their advisory services that help deliver mission critical insights on technology, regulation, strategy, operations, and a whole bunch of other things. And also, as well, the technology and service providers that support them. If you're interested in more ways you can help your organization unravel identity integration complexities, please follow us or visit us at radiantologic.com to learn more about how we can help abstract the complexity associated with Connecting your identity sources to all your consuming IAM, IGA, and PAM applications. So that concludes our episode of Radiant Logic's podcast series today. And we look forward to seeing you the next time again. Thanks, John. Thank you, Ken.